Change your mindset. The Science of Getting Rich, Chapter 9 of The Science of Getting Rich is the conversation. It's a book written by Wallace D. Wattles. And uh, this evening we look at the power of your will uh, and other mental faculties in the pursuit of, wo- of wealth. Stanley Baker joins me now. Stanley, good evening to you and thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, your will, talk to me about that in the pursuit of getting rich. Hello, Stanley. Tapping. He muted his mic. Uh, Stan, you might have to unmute your mic. <laughs> uh, I think Stanley's overcome with grief at the loss of the game tonight. But perhaps he's uh, getting that sorted out. Stanley, are you there? All right. Uh, perhaps we need to try and see if we can't get a hold of Stanley on another platform. Stanley, are you there? Good evening to you, Stanley. All right, we see him, but we seem not to seem unable to get in touch with him. So give us a call. Uh, let us know whether your will, <laughs> uh, your your own fortitude, your own ability to believe your own story in the pursuit of getting rich has worked. Yeah. Uh, Stanley wants to discuss that with us this evening. Your will in the pursuit of creating wealth and other mental faculties or psychological faculties uh, is the conversation. I suppose it's that's what it's all about, right? I suppose uh, the pursuit of wealth is really about uh, exercising your will over certain circumstances in order to see uh, those successes. Stanley Becker joins us now on the telephone line. Good evening to you, Stanley. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, good evening, Aubrey, and I hope you can hear me properly no, as well. I can hear you loud and clear. I can hear you loud and clear. So, you are suggesting that will is a very important part in the conversation around creation of wealth. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I would like to take once again, and maybe for those who are hearing this conversation for the first time, I would like to take credit for it, but it's not me that's suggesting this. This is William Wattles, who wrote this book, The Science of Getting Rich, almost 120 years ago. And um, this is sort of continuing down the first of two things that he says is absolutely that people who are successful in life in all spheres do, do better than anyone else, is they think different. They think in a better way, and he's been explaining what that better way is, and they act different. So we're going to be getting into the action, but we're still sort of sort of ending the thinking part. Um, I've also been on a trend of thinking, Aubrey, and I, I actually just want to share something with you, just as as, as I'm putting it together in an even bigger way. And sometimes um, one thing leads to another thing, but I. You know, I've I've been thinking a lot about how much work people are doing at the moment on this type of thing, on getting their mindset right, yeah, on um on on meditating, on and on, on on you know, it's almost like um, years ago there used to be movies like The Secret and all of these things that that, that got people into waking up and saying to them. Teach us why, you know, why do we need to wake up? And it's like, and then there was a big movement towards that. And then, and then the last movement, the big movement has been teach us, you know, teach us what. And that's really what all of this is about. It's teach us what to think. Yeah. You know, teach us what to do to open up our minds. 
And now the next big part of it, part, I think that especially our young people and, you know, just people generally that are struggling out there in need is, is the how. Teach us how. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're saying all of these things good, but how now do I actually start making this work for me? And I decided, you know, to take you up on your request and because of, like, what it is we want to achieve um, in the bigger vision. And we are going to be doing, over the next, I'll, I'll give an exact date, but just to let you know, we're going to be doing a seminar just focused on exactly that, the how of of this whole thing. So in other words, I am going to show people through James Craig, because I'm busy researching it myself, to show people how anybody with no income, with, with no money to their name, but you've got to have access to the world. In other words, you've got to have access at least to a computer and to the internet. That's, that is a starting point. But how it's possible, Aubrey, to, to start making money around the world with anyone at any time. And the reason we're not doing it is because we don't know. Nobody's teaching us this. Yeah. And we've still got our old model of thinking we've got to go and get a job. And I'm saying the jobs aren't there anymore. And the money is not in jobs anymore. If you have to follow money, if you have to follow where money is going, your job is to find out where is money at the moment and go and join that. And the, the real money in life, the people who are making money today are not sitting in an office in a job. They are sitting online with the world as their customer and they are earning money in dollars, in, 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 in currencies that make sense and that, 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 that sort of, how can I say that, they, they can decide how much they want to make. If they, and everybody can become financially free this, that way because not everybody, if I can put it this way, not everybody has to have a lot of money to become financially free. Yeah. A lot of people actually need very little. And I just wanted to say that this is kind of where, if you ask the theme for the year, this is kind of where the theme for us for change writers this year is we are going to see if we can help people understand how to use these things, these tools with AI that has now changed the world completely, but most people have no idea of what's happening in the AI world and how much is changing the world and how quickly. But it also they've got no idea how easy it is to actually start creating a business that earns you money worldwide also on that. And I think it's important, especially for our young people, to know these things all day. So I just wanted to share with you that's sure. kind of what our focus is this year, is, is, is a lot so much the esoterical stuff, but we're going to focus on the real what do you need to do stuff. Yeah. And in all of these things, Aubrey, it links back to, let's come back to what tonight's chapter is about. It links back to, you've got to have one mental faculty that, that, that you've got to work on from the time you're young already. Now, what is your mental faculties? Well, Napoleon Hill talks about it as well as, as, as yeah, in the Science of Getting Rich, Wallace Wattles talks about it. He says, they don't go and name it specifically, but if you go and look at it and you sort of see what they're talking about, they're talking about the same things and we've named it. And one of those is, is, the, is perception, is the ability to see things from a different point of view. You have to have that if you are going to change things in your life. Yeah. Um, one strong one that Albert Einstein always spoke about was imagination. He said imagination is more powerful than knowledge. If you are going to overcome your circumstances, and if you think about it, this is in a big way, one of the big mental faculties that Wallace Wattles has been speaking about in all these chapters is you've got to imagine yourself in a different position than you currently are. Yeah. That is one of the hardest things to do. That is why so few people are able to overcome their circumstances. Because they cannot begin with the very first step, which is imagining a circumstance better than the one I'm currently facing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we speak about imagination. We speak about reasoning, the, the ability to reason differently, memory, 
Um, and then the one he speaks about here tonight is will. But he's, he says we need to understand the will, the will in, in connection with everything we've spoken about up until this point in the book. Um, and and I need to give quickly a warning also in this in this book. You know, like like this chapter. Every chapter it seems there's some very controversial statements yeah. that 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 can really ruffle some feathers. And the same in this chapter. Actually, there's some extremely ones. If understood out of context, you need to understand. And and I, 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 understanding it out of context would be somebody reading the first part. And many people, I see people do this sometimes in scriptures. You read the first part. And then you only take that one part to to mean what you want it to mean. Yeah. But if you put it in context of the rest of the sentence, it suddenly means something completely different. And this is the same thing with us, is that if it look in the beginning, he says something that towards the second part of this, because I'm going to deal with this in two parts, that seems controversial, but is actually very important for us to listen to. But coming back to the one he's talking about, he says... To set about getting rich in a scientific way, you must not try to apply your willpower. And this is what he's saying, Aubrey. It's not about willpower. Right. To anything outside of yourself. That's what willpower is. Um, the kind of will he's talking about is, is you need to focus on what's happening inside of you. Don't focus your willpower on what's happening outside of you. Mm. That's the same as, as one of the agreements we have in the 25 agreements. It says focus on the, on the what, not the how. And he's saying the same thing. He says, you've got to take your power, willpower. And he says, uh, what he first starts by saying what is wrong to, to apply your willpower to. He says, it is wrong to apply your will to other men and women in order to get them to do what you wish for them to do. Yes. He says, it's, it's as fla- flagrantly wrong to coerce people by mental power as it is to coerce them by physical power. And he's, one of the things he's saying there, it says it's completely working against the universal laws to to become rich, which seems on the outside rich, by taking advantage of other people. Right? You've got to get out of that mindset. Whether that's whether, and a lot of people doing that with the with the poor right now, right? That are looking desperately for loans and all kinds of things. And there's so many money scams out there yeah. that mentally they are overpowering because these people are in a very desperate situation. Mm. So, so that's the first thing. He says it's wrong to apply your will there. He says, you have no right to use your willpower upon another person, even, and this was a difficult one for me to first think about, but how true it is, even for his own good, for you do not know what is good for them. Yeah. And I, and I thought, how many times do we try and coerce people into doing what we think is good for them? Yeah. Right? And, and, and because we think it's good for, it might be good for us, but it's not good for them. And he's saying that's where, if you're trying to force people into your business, your way of thinking, and I think that this is what a lot of people don't like about a lot of these multi-level marketing type companies. They they have the vehicle as an example to really help people, but you're always feeling coerced into it. You're always feeling like the person is doing it because it's good for them to make money and not good for you to make money. And that's what he's saying. Well, don't use your willpower there. He says you don't need to apply your will to things to things in order to compel them to come to you. So in other words, he's even saying, even with like the law of attraction, you don't have to sit there all the time compelling and wishing for this thing. And then he says you also don't have to compel God to give you good things more than you have to, to compel his, tell him to make the sunrise in the morning. Mm. He'll give you these things. He says all of those things are the wrong way to, will, to use the will. In other words, I think the first question we can maybe ask our, our, our listeners is, does this strike a chord inside of you? Do you maybe find yourself trying to focus and find all of the answers for your current solutions outside of yourself? 
You're trying to force things to happen outside of yourself. You're trying to force interviews. You're trying to force jobs. You're trying to force people to change their way of thinking. And is that maybe what's keeping you stuck, is that you're using your will in the wrong way? Give us a call. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm fascinated by that distinction that says that, first of all, we, we're not talking here about willpower, right, which has the connotation of coercion, right? We're talking about willing something, um, and and I'm and I'm hoping that you'll 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 go deeper to explain what that means. But I'm fascinated by the idea that the will should not be used on things that are external to you. Explain to me then what are the things that are internal that the will and whatever that is, and I'm hoping that you'll explain what the will is as opposed to willpower. Uh, what are those internal faculties? that the will must be brought to bear upon? Okay. So, great question. And, Aubrey, then this is where you link all of the previous chapters yeah. to this one. You remember, in the previous chapters, he was teaching us how to think in a certain way. Yeah. For example, he was thinking, saying, don't think poverty. He was saying to us, don't think circumstances. He was telling us how to, to keep the, the, the image in our mind all the time. Right, um, he was giving us, if, and go back to those lessons and you'll see all the lessons he teaches us how to think. But in this way, he's saying, okay, but now you've got to hold that thinking together so that it can start building the power to grow into something. You've got to use your willpower, not as, not as, thing, not as forcing yourself to do something, but to be aware enough with your willpower that every time you find yourself thinking a negative thought, Every time you see yourself thinking why you can't do something, you've got to use that willpower to compel yourself to think in the right way. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first part of the, the willpower. Then the second thing is he says you have to use that part of your mind that the, the will is to form a mental image of that thing that you want and to hold that vision with faith and with purpose in your life and to use your will to keep your mind from, pop, from um, working uh, in the wrong way. So what he's saying by that is that he's saying that it then becomes your job, your your focus of what is saying that all of these things he's taught us before is all wonderful, but it means nothing if we don't use will, which is the glue to hold it together. Because then it's just pieces of inspiration here and there where you got excited and you know you you should. And this is where people find themselves, Aubrey. Um, you can go and tell them to go and read a book. You can go and tell them about a movie you've just seen. You can try and talk to them about it. And they'll say to you always the same thing. I know. You know, I know I should be doing that. Yeah. I know I should be doing that with my money. I know I should be, I should be um, d- doing this for my health. We know this, right? But because we don't form the image and we hold the image for a long enough time in our mind of us becoming that person. Remember, money doesn't come, doesn't come to you, you attract money. So you, so, so you don't make money, you attract money. So if you don't become the person that can attract money, and, and it's not going to happen. But why it doesn't happen is because we don't mentally ever see ourselves as that person. Ask, ask anybody who's who's struggling financially and at the very bottom of struggling financially if they see themselves as a wealthy person, and they don't. Ask somebody who's completely overweight if they see themselves as a, as a slim, healthy person, they don't. Mm. Uh, but, it's, but what he's saying is only when you do form that mental image and you hold onto it for long enough so that it starts slowly but surely killing off the old image mm. because your mind doesn't know the difference between what's real or imagined. Only when you do that for long enough does the shift start happening. And he says, and in order to do that, you have to use this, this will until you no longer need it. 
So it's kind of your strength to keep you focused because once you, that mental image becomes part of who you are, you don't need the will anymore because now it just becomes a natural way. Yeah. Yes. What is, what is the will? Well, the will is it's, it's, it's kind of like two things for me. Right? Number one, it's how long you focus um, on something. Actually, three things. It's how long you focus on something with, with what intensity you're able to focus on something and how often you focus on something. And he's saying you need to increase all three of these when it comes to that vision that you're working on in your mind of thinking in a certain way. You need to think of that thing often. And you need to keep reminding yourself to think of the thing. You need to, that's why you'll see people have vision boards. They have that picture of that house they want to buy standing on the back, on, on, on the back of their bathroom door so that everyone they, they sit in there, they're looking at it and they're thinking about it. Yeah. They have these different things of reminding them to think, number one, to think about it often. Yeah. Right? But then he's also saying that you need to think about it for longer periods of time. You can't just think about it for a few seconds and then switch off and the rest of, for, for the next two hours you're thinking about all the miserable things that's going on and why you can't have it. Yeah. He says you've got, to, you've got to connect to it and you've got to connect, stay connected to it. And then the third thing is you've got to focus on it with intensity. You've got so, to focus so, on it with so stay. It, 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 so, yes. it, it appears to me that there's a number of of um, virtues, of of components to this thing of will, it it it, it, it speaks of intentionality. It speaks of yeah. focus. It yeah. speaks of or of, of an image in the mind. So the 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 impetus, the the the, the forward movement there is the intentionality. Uh, so there's got to be a particular intention. Uh, but there's also a particular um, goal that is is intended, and it is yeah. the focus and the 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 holding of those in the mind um, intentionally. In other words, it's a very deliberate act. Yeah. Aubrey, you know what? I, I just had a statement that jumped into my mind. If it helps make it make sense, I said, I, I said, will is the power steering of your mind. So, in other words, if you remember the old days when they didn't have power steering and you wanted to turn the car, especially one that was that was running slow, you had to really put all of your muscle just to get that thing to turn, right? Yeah. yeah. And now with power steering, you can turn it with your finger, right? So the stronger your will, the easier it is for you to stop thinking of the ah. negative things and focus on the positive. You understand? Yep. It's the power yep. steering of, of the focus of your mind. You need to learn to develop the will to get yourself to focus on that thing that you are working. To. So, And it's very difficult, Aubrey. I know when you are – I've had to experience a lot of these things in myself these last few months. I sometimes wish I wasn't choosing to be a teacher because I have to learn these things much harder than I think most people do because I've got to be able to teach from a place of I really have gone through this myself. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I can tell people that it's very difficult to be in a, in a, in a, in a situation of, of desperation right, and to focus on a situation that you see any kind of yeah. solution for. Yeah. That's where people yeah. lose their hopelessness. And, they, and, and, and what he's saying here is he's saying, listen, I know this. I get what this is going, but you're going to need to understand that you're going to have to use this will because what most people do is they use the will outside of them. Mm -hmm. They focus on all the things they cannot change. 
They focus on how angry they are with the government. They focus on how angry they are on 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 the past. You know, like and 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 I want to clear you: you have the absolute right to be. I'm not saying you don't. Mm. But I'm saying, at what stage do you, st- you stop using all your will? energy there and stop using the world energy in your own current mm. inside of you and say hey what is it that i want the future to look like mm. Mm. and and, 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 and it becomes doubly the, yeah. hard when you are yeah. dealing with the succum- the circumstances of the present that are so very different to what you would like them to be uh, it, it the, the, that intentionality that focus that that holding of that space uh, in your mind of something that is net, not yet uh, a reality, uh, you know, an external reality, you've still got a hold in your mind, and that is the will, is what you say. Sorry, Obi, I think we lost each other there. Reality, uh, you know, an external reality, you've still got a hold in your mind, and that is the will, is what you say. Sorry, Obi, I think we lost each other there. That vision. Is doubly hard, I imagine. Hello, Stanley. Oh, it appears we've lost Stanley. Apparently, it looks like we've lost it. Uh, please give me a call. The number one eight eight three zero seven zero two. Stanley is saying that you need to be able to hold the vision of that which you desire, that which you believe you are worthy of, right? Even during the time. Of adversity. In fact, that's when will comes to its own. Because while things are going right, yeah, while things are hunky dory, as they say, then there's no need to uh, exercise the will in your own mind. The danger, however, is that especially when things are not going well, we will take that will. And focus it on external factors. We'll blame our upbringing. We'll blame the past. We'll blame our parents. We will do something that tries to change our circumstances that might not necessarily be, be ethical. We, we will, because we are trying to, to exert that tries to change our circumstances that might not necessarily be, be ethical. We, we will, because we are trying to, to exert before, before we, we, we got cut off, that sure, there are going to be adversities in your life. There's going to be times when things aren't going well. It appears to me that the will must then be more active at that time, precisely because there's no evidence. Uh, there's no tangible evidence of the vision that you have inside that's when the will must come to its come into its own that's yeah that's when the will must come to its own and remember nobody said it's easy Aubrey yeah and that's that's what he's saying he's saying this is why this is the most one of the most difficult things in the world to do is 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 to do what Victor Frankl spoke about in man's search for meaning can you sit in, and I know you've read the book, and, yep. and anybody who's read it, it would have touched them very deeply yep. to think, no matter how bad the circumstances in my life, <laughs> you know, like, just read that. You'll yep. never feel bad about the circumstances in your own life. Yep. Yep. But even in those circumstances, he had the power to focus his will on 
on, on something different. That's what made him survive. Until eventually he got out of there and survived long enough to make a difference to how many millions and millions of people because of his story. So, and it's the same. Yeah. So, yeah so, I wanted to say it. Yeah. Uh, okay, you go first. Yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's a very interesting movie. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it might be called Bruce Almighty or something like that. But anyway, the, the story is about a guy who gets the message to build an ark by God, right? Or even Almighty, yes. Is it even Almighty? Yes. <laughs> and, ark, yeah. and he gets this instruction from God to, to build an ark. And uh, obviously this, this is pretty weird for the rest of his family. I mean, they're living in uh, modern-day America, and he's got a good job, and he's now leaving his job. He's doing all of these strange things. His wife is completely confused by this path uh, that he has taken. Uh, as supportive as she tries to be with him, she simply can't understand. And one day, they have an argument, and and and, and she goes into this place to just rest her mind, and meets up with God, played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and Morgan Freeman suggests that, well, if you, if you want wisdom, or if you want patience, then you're probably going to get all of the circumstances in your life that are going to make you exercise or force you to exercise and therefore gain patience. And those circumstances are going to be the circumstances that are going to be unpleasurable in the extreme in order for you to authentically learn that virtue, in order, in order for you to authentically learn patience. And so it goes for wisdom and so it goes for, for, for whatever uh, virtue you, you need. And I suppose anybody that teaches these things like you do, Stanley, is going to have to face that reality too, uh, where you might have to learn certain lessons uh, in ways that are not pleasurable in order for you to be able to bring this light into the world. Do you find that sometimes that is your reality? No, I find, no, I'm not going to say that I find sometimes that's my reality. I'm going to say, unfortunately, most of the time that's my reality. And, you know, it is um, because the truth is, and then I, then I actually want to link it to something I said earlier. Mm. The, tr- uh, the truth is when you come to teaching things in life, you know, we'd all love to be teachers, right? But a lot of people are not ready to be teachers because it takes a lot to be a teacher and to be and to teach others. And you, because you've got to go through, because you can either go through one of two things. You can either go through what what we call understanding, and I can teach from understanding. So yeah. I can understand um, a, a concept, but I never, I, I can never actually give you that concept as, a, as as something you can really use something with unless I get it. And that's different from understanding. Yeah. And the only thing that brings getting is experience. Only when you've gone through something can you understand it. And, 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 and sometimes that can be the life. I think sometimes as human beings, we get to help each other that way. So I think some human beings take on the responsibility of going through a bit more so that they can learn something, so they can teach others so that they don't have to go through that something. You know, and that's how we sort of help each other step up. And if I take an example, just myself, what I've been through through a large part of my life, 
it's made me really understand how difficult it is to be there and just feel like there's no hope for tomorrow. There's no jobs. There's no money. There's nothing. How am I going to look after my family? How am I going to look after myself? And when you're in that place, you don't realize that there is a help. There is so many things you can do, but nobody, you don't know because you don't know who to ask. You don't even know where to start asking in a world filled with so much information. And I think it became part of my mission to, to, to prove to people you can start from anywhere and you can really change your life around with what's available around you now without having to get another de- de- degree or diploma or whatever it is. But that came through pain. And that came through through myself, get it going through that stuff. But the only one of the only things that kept me going through that was, and I can say this with all authenticity, Aubrey, was the, the, at least I had a large amount of will that he speaks about here. Because through all of the things I went through, the one thing that never faded was the image of who I'm becoming, the image of what I'm building, the image of where what I want to leave as a legacy one day. And there were many times I doubted it. There were many times I wanted to give up that I thought maybe this isn't the path for me. But every time that what would bring me through is exactly what he speaks about here. And so, so yeah, I hope that answers, uh, answers your question as well. Aubrey. The reason why I asked that question, Stanley, is because yeah. the follow-up question is, when do you know? Yeah, When do you know that the vision is real? And I imagine that you only know that the vision that you are keeping incubated in the warm hands of your will is real when the adversity comes. Because I don't know how else life would challenge your will in order for it to become stronger than by by removing all manner of comfort, all manner of surety and assurance around you in order for you to focus your will on nurturing the vision. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. And, I, and it's almost like like one of the, these are one of those nights you're almost like preaching tonight because you're really talking to me and I'm sure you're talking to so many of our listeners. It's almost like the message is saying, listen, you, you, you're asking for something in your life from God, something that's different than you've ever had before. But something inside of you is going to have to change to do that thing. And for you to change, things are going to have to change around you. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be nice what you're going through. But what will get you through there is how strong your will is. You've got to keep just focus on why you're doing this. What is the end goal? And um, so, yeah, I think that the, the analogy you gave there is actually very spot on. And and I feel like tonight's one's very much, um, I mean, you, me and you, we've known each other for many years, Aubrey, and you've known some of the struggles I go through, and I sometimes wonder, am I going through these struggles for me, am I, or am I going through these struggles for everyone else I want to be out there trying to help? And I think it's a bit of both. But, um, yeah, I think I think at least one thing we can both say is that, 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 that the will has always been there. And I think that that's what is very very much sometimes missing for people is that when that will's not strong enough and that first obstacle comes, then they give up and they and and they never get start bringing their goal to fruition. O double one eight eight three o seven o two. Have you had the challenge of having to stay focused, of having to stay in the place of the nurturing of a vision that nobody around you sees? 
I'm interested to hear from those of you who came out on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Who have had to exercise your will on your own internal faculties of keeping your mind while those around you lose theirs in the pursuit of a particular vision. When loved ones have forsaken you, when, when your own mind has made you feel as though you are losing it, but you kept the vision. You know, I'm thinking at the moment about this guy who is fighting the battle with Vodacom around the whole issue of, um, of the please call me uh, fight. I mean, it's been going on for years now. Yeah. Um, Matagati, I think his, his, his name is. And I, I look at the offers that have come his way, you know. Many people would have capitulated by now to say, listen, I'll take it. Look, I'll just take it. But it appears that he too has kept the vision. He's kept the vision in his own mind, even though I imagine there have been major, major personal uh, uh, circumstances that have injured him. But he's kept the vision. And it appears that he's coming to a place now where he's going to see a huge, huge payday. Of course, uh, Vodacom is going to go to the Constitutional Court and uh, intimidate him a little bit more. But it appears to me that in order for us to get the vision to manifest, we've got to become the person that has gone through the mockery, the ridicule, the disappointment, the breaking up of certain relationships, the the standing alone in the presence of this vision, Stanley? Absolutely, Aubrey. Um, you, you know, you, you, it's the difference between, we're calling it a vision tonight. Napoleon Hill calls it a desire in his book, Think and Grow Rich. It's the difference between turning a, a, a want into a desire. He says we all want things to be better, Right. And he's saying, but want is, there's no power behind wanting stuff. You've got to first turn it into a desire. And he says, in order to do that, you've got to ask two questions. Number one, do you believe that this is possible for you? That's very important. We speak about it often. Do you believe that it's possible for you? And I think a lot of people never even invoke the power of will because they start off from a place where they don't even believe it's possible for them. You know, if, 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 and, and I'm thinking, uh, and it's very be interesting to actually do some research into this, but I really think that the majority of people who say they want their, want different things in their lives don't start off from a point where they don't believe it's going to happen for them. And then the second thing he talks about is he says, are you ready and willing to make this, to, to make this happen? And that's an interesting question because most people would say, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let me, let's go. But ready means something completely different. Ready means you need to be willing to change all your thinking, all your beliefs, all the things you're holding on to as, as the truth and realize maybe a lot of the things you believed aren't the truth about yourself and about life and you need to get out of that way of thinking. And he says if you're able to do that, then you've turned it into a desire. And then you can invoke the will to, to, to keep focused on that desire 
and then you'll turn it into what we call a burning desire. So that's where the wall comes in. And he's saying just creating that picture is your first job, but you've got to believe in that picture. You've got to be willing to fight for that picture. And only once you, at that point, then you must start invoking what we're speaking about in tonight's chapter, which is, is, is invoking the wall to keep that picture in your mind all the time. We are speaking about a phenomenon that many initiates into any into any uh, higher level of of consciousness will tell you about. For example, uh, the, the Sangoma goes through a process called Ipehlo uh, in the indigenous language that means literally to be cooked almost, right? Um, and in that process you go through a a, a, a a major purging of all that you have been up until that point so it's it's a it's a process of being tried and tested of being trained of being of of learning how to separate yourself from your own ego in order to be able to see truth and it appears that in order for us to be able to reach the impossible dream as it were all of us must hold the vision through the will and the holding of the vision through the will is what the elders called that is the literal shaking the cooking the placing under extreme pressure of the person who is the holder of the vision in order for the person who is the holder of the vision to become the person of the liver of the vision does that make any sense no not liver as in the organ but one who actually manifests the vision so it appears that it is a process that many people know about, have written about, as we are discussing right now um, with, re- with regards to Wallace D. Wattles' book, that you've got to hold the vision and allow yourself to be put into the furnace of being tried and tested, so that you become worthy of the person through which the vision becomes no longer just a vision but manifested reality stan absolutely Aubrey. and it's about the becoming that's what he's really talking about remember if you if we if you really think about what uh, what how significant that statement and that actual lesson was that you don't you don't make money you attract money yeah then you better become that person right and um and 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 you if, if you really believe that that's important because if you don't believe it, then none of this means anything to you anyway. But if you really believe that, then you will focus your full attention on every minor little detail. As an example, and, and, and if you don't mind, I actually want to say, uh, share a second part that yep. he shares with us, Aubrey. Yep. That's important to think of. He says, he uses the example of Mother Teresa who said, if you ever have an anti-war rally, don't invite me. But if you ever have a pro-peace rally, I'll be there. 
right? In other words, she was showing that, yes, it's important to focus your, because when you can think of them, right, both of them seem like a good cause. Yes. Anti-war, pro-peace. But it's very clear what she was trying to say that is that the anti-war is still focusing on war. Pro-peace, it focuses on peace. There's a different energy. There's a different focus yep. there. And he says, for, and, and where that comes to us is, is, is the difference that, that, Bob, that Bob always used to, uh, Mr. Proctor always used to like teach us is he said, you know, what are you focusing on? He says, are you like most people focusing to get out of debt or are you focusing on becoming financially free? He says, they're both good things. They both look like the same things, but they're not. He says, if you're focusing on getting out of debt, you're going to be in debt for the rest of your life. He says, but if you're focusing on becoming financially free, those are the people who eventually become wealthy and financially free. And he was saying to that degree, we've got to ask ourselves, where are we holding our willpower? What are we focusing on every day? We might feel like we're focusing on the, wrong, on the right thing. But even when we feel like we're focusing on the right thing, I'm going to get rid of all my debt. Do we realize we might actually be focusing on the wrong thing? And we think it's the right thing because debt just brings brings a feelings of unhappiness inside of us. Debt just brings brings fear. Debt just brings all the negative things. Whereas if you focus on becoming financially free, it's a different kind of focus. And that's the second part of what he's talking about in this chapter. He's saying, be careful what you focus, but go even deeper. Make sure you're not you're not focusing on on like a fool's gold, but you focus on something truly gold that's moving you forward. How do you know when it's not fool's gold? Because uh, life is full of stories of people who've exercised their will in the way that you have discussed. Um, life is full of people who have held the faith, as it were, but only to discover that what they were holding on for was perhaps fool's gold. Hmm. Well, it would depend on what you mean by fool's gold. Maybe, Aubrey, like are you saying fool's gold was the thing that it was something that was never going to appear or fool's gold was something that when they got it, they realized this wasn't what I wanted in the first place. So, so are you, what kind of, Both. what are you referring to? Both. So Sorry. in other words, um, that what you thought was something that would one day manifest into a reality actually mm-hmm. was just a figment of your imagination. Yeah. Or that that which you wanted to manifest, you did manifest and discovered that actually this is not what I want. Hmm. Okay, so, so, so two things is number one, um, is it actually just a figment of your imagination? Yes, everything starts as just a figment of your imagination. Right, so you're asking more the question, is it, it was never realistic for you to get that goal? I believe Nobody has a goal that, that, that they connect to spiritually that is not realistically possible for you. The difference, though, is they never really turn it into a thing they're willing to do anything for. As soon as the first hurdle came, comes, they give up. As soon as the first thing goes wrong, they say, this is not for me. That is, that is how most people will define the first one for you. It was something that disappeared, yeah, because you never, you only applied one part of his law here, the science, which is you thought in a certain way. But you've still got to act in it. Yeah. So I would say on the first one, that's the difference. And then, and then on the, the second one, when you get there and it's not what you want, that can also happen. Remember, we're using the same power um, to get the things we want as, as what we, we go for the things we don't want. And many times there's things that we focus our energy on that, that, that are things that other people put into our mind. You know, like, you know, you, you wanted to, you, you're like the successful doctor, but you know, you always just wanted to be a painter. 
out out in some other country just sitting painting on roots, you know, yeah. like and, and but you still go for the thing Dahlstrom. You want. <laughs> yes, in Dale's that's fine. But you still go for the thing you want and you still put your energy and your will and your, uh, in what you want. Only to get disillusioned to the other side to realise you this wasn't really what you wanted. So yeah, both of those things can happen and, and, and again he he, uh, he does warn about those kind of things happening, and and that's why he talks specifically about you need to be careful where you're applying your willpower to. Yeah, you started off by saying that part of your vision this year's Change Creator SA is to offer not just why and how, but also what. You said that you want to dedicate this year to showing people opportunities that have arisen as a result of artificial intelligence as we close just go back to that for me please stand yeah it's not just i mean it's a, it's more like it's the opportunities artificial intelligence is open up for more and more people that if we can start realizing that the money and and, and i want to say this again the money is no longer predominantly in business the money is in online, understanding how to go into a changing world where the whole world is sitting and how to engage there. We as South Africans should be doing the same thing the rest of the world is doing. It's just so many of us don't, don't have a clue that it's available. And I've made it my mission to go and learn about as many of these things as I can so that we can teach people how to start taking back control of their lives if there are not jobs available. Go and create the circumstances. Go and create the job. And my my idea is to start teaching people, especially our youth that are sitting with so much joblessness, how to do that. So that's what we're talking about is creating events where we can teach people step by step. We they must bring their stuff. We're gonna and we're gonna sit step by step, and you will leave that weekend with your business ready to go, ready to run, ready to get to start working, so that 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 you can start actually bringing money in. So that's kind of and we this, wanna this is for this, is this for for anybody or is this for people that are unemployed or is it for people that are employed and maybe looking for an extra income who's the it's, it's, it's for it's for anybody or anybody that wants to make extra anybody that wants to change their thinking and that's the biggest thing we need to start changing our thinking about what's possible when it comes to making money and we need to teach each other this if the rest of the world is doing it we need to do it as south africans let's go let's bring some of that money in and we are such creative people that these things are absolutely perfect for us so we need to start talking about this and and part of that is creating these kind of workshops where we can t- not only tell people about it this is very important but we need to be able to take people, especially people who are not so comfortable with technology, yeah. step by step through it to teach them how to do it step by step so that, that, that they don't have to go through years of frustration, but they yeah. can learn it in one day and up and running. How do people, That's the vision of the how do people get in yes. touch with you to be part of this process and when does it start? Well, that's what we're still deciding on when exactly we want to do it. But anybody that wants to be involved in any capacity, whether that's being there in, in their own capacity or maybe even people part of a business that see the opportunity to really go out there and make their money that they put towards the education of the, 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 um, of the poor to, to put it towards something, something worthwhile. You know, something that really goes and teaches people these, these kind of concepts. They can email me at stanley at changecreatorsa.com or they can go to our website, changecreatorsa.com. At the bottom is a place where they can leave their name, number and also a message and we'll get back to them from there, Aubrey. Stanley Beckett, always great. Thank you very much for joining us.